Welcome to Everyday Evangelism, a new podcast series building up everyday Christians and churches for God's urban mission. Together we'll explore how we can confidently share Jesus in different urban contexts and connect with people on the margins of society. We're so glad you can join us. I'm Jason Roach, Director of Ministries at London City Mission, and I'll be joined by a range of guests for topical discussions, inspiring stories, and practical tips. By God's grace, we can see Jesus Christ known in every community. We come to the final episode of this series of Everyday Evangelism today. It's been a great pleasure to walk with you guys in these 10 episodes as we seek to encourage one another to make Jesus known, take small steps to do that uh, to those that we find uh, around us, particularly those who are least likely to hear the gospel. And we're continuing that journey today. We're thinking about uh, ministry for the young and the old. And um, Alex, who's also one of our guests today, was reminding me that we glorify God right from the womb until we breathe our last breath. And so we're going to be thinking today, you know, how can we encourage all generations to play a part in God's mission? And how can we be involved in reaching and encouraging them as best as possible? It's part of what London City Mission does. We particularly reach out to people who are both old and young because we know that they are some of the people who are least likely to hear uh, the gospel. So let me introduce our guest formally. We've got Gareth Jones with us, one of our missionaries here at London City Mission. He's a field director for East London uh, and has a particular responsibility for children, youth and schools. Welcome, Gareth. Nice to be here. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> and Alexandra uh, Drew, who's the lead officer for Faith in Later Life. Uh, Faith in Later Life is an organization that is involved in equipping Christians to um, uh, reach out to older people so that they can be empowered and step into the ministry that God has for them. Welcome to you. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a, a joy to have you both. Let's start, as we often do, by thinking about how the Bible grounds what we're talking about and so uh, what bible passages come to mind when we think about all of the generations being involved in god's mission perhaps i could kick off with you gareth uh, well i love the picture of uh, luke 10 so uh, in luke 10 you've got jesus sending out the 72 and um, my understanding is of the early disciples are probably between the age of 13 and 30. So it was sort of a bit of, you know, some teenagers, some people in their 20s, maybe some older people as well. Um, and they go out together on a mission trip together. So they're not just sort of um, listening to Jesus sort of share and teach, but they're also sharing the kingdom in, in, in the places that they go to. And I, I love that picture of the church on the move together different ages, experiencing God, sharing his love with others. Thank you. And I think there's something even about the, the number that is a picture of all of the cities that were in Genesis 10. It's the same number of judges that Moses appointed. I think it, it, that number is meant to represent all of God's people being on mission together. So praise God. Okay, what about you, Alex? What would come to mind for you? Yes, I was also in Luke, but Luke 2. And um, I was thinking about when Mary and Joseph took Jesus as an infant to the temple to be presented. 
And first of all, they run into Simeon, who is of great age, and he had been told by the Holy Spirit much earlier in life that he would come to see the Messiah. And on that day, he meets Mary and Joseph, and he holds the baby, and he tells Mary and Joseph these incredible things about Jesus, including some difficult things, that Mm. Mary's soul would be pierced. And just in that moment, Anna, who is a widow and also very old, steps onto the scene. And I just always think what a lovely moment that is for for Mary to have the comfort of an older woman come and stand right next to her as she's told that her soul will be pierced. And together, I just think they make this wonderful picture of all the ages working together. Um, Anna wasn't... um, prevented by either her age, her widowhood, or her poverty Mm. in going and worshipping in the temple day and night. It didn't stop her from lending comfort. It didn't stop her from going out afterwards and telling everybody about Jesus. You know, she was one of the first evangelists we read about in the Bible. A woman, an older woman, a widow, a poor woman, just a wonderful picture of somebody, as you say, on the margins, actually being drawn in to share the good news of Jesus. Praise God. What a wonderful picture. So we know, don't we, as we've begun to explore that the Bible does does say that all of us should be involved in ministry. How is this happening uh, at the moment? Again, let me kick off with you, Gareth. We've got this uh, vision to get the gospel into every school in London. Mm. So that's been a great way to engage with a number of churches in a region and get as many schools through this experience as possible. And what we found is as the churches has gathered volunteers, um, it's of an age range. We've got teenagers there. We've got actually the whole range. So when I went along to one of our events in East London, some greeted him at the door. was an elderly gentleman who yeah. was part of the church, and his his job was to meet and greet. There were some ladies uh, cooking in the kitchen who were uh, elderly as well, retired, and that's yeah. what they wanted to do. And then there was young people as well engaging with the children coming in who were teenagers, later teenagers in the church. Um, So I think it's great to see sort of the church working together, young and old, to uh, present the gospel to young people. And out one of those times as well, I think, which is really exciting, one of the young people that came along to the event said, you know what I really want to do is start a Christian union in my school. Um, and it's a predominantly uh, Muslim school as well. So it's not an easy thing to do, but they went out and they gathered Christians together in that school. Yeah. Uh, and they're there encouraging each other and encouraging each other to share faith in the school as well. Praise God. And and it does seem to me that there is a hunger among young people, both to be doing that and to ask big questions. I was in a school the other day. There are 50 young people. It was just a CU, a Christian union, 50 young people, many of them not believers, but hungry, hungry to be hearing about the truths of Jesus. So praise God for that. Now, how about older people? Tell us a little bit about what's happening right now amongst older people. Yes, so older people are at the heart of many church communities. They're running ministries. They're part of the welcome team very often. They're preaching at the front. We have older people helping in youth ministries, as you say. And uh, they are really part of the the greatest part of the volunteer workforce. Mm. And they have a really important role. And sometimes that's not always recognized as as a gospel sharing role, Mm. but it's a massive part of bringing the gospel to people of all ages. Um, 
Mm. And there's also people in their uh, sort of private lives, in their own personal discipleship. They're engaging uh, with the mission of God as well. So mm. I heard a story from a friend of mine recently and um, her mother began praying for her neighbors when she first moved into the neighborhood when she was 30 years old. It's now 50 years later and both my friend's mother and her neighbors are in their 80s. And finally, after all those years of praying and gently sharing Jesus in a neighborly way, the neighbor has come to my friend's mother and said that she wants to know Jesus the way that she does herself. So a wonderful example of older people ministering to their peer groups and to all ages. So is that, did you say 50 years of prayer therefore? Yes. Is that right? My yes, 50 me. years of relentless <laughs> prayer. And yeah. so just, just very recently, uh, we heard that this woman has, has asked to know Jesus. And uh, yes, I'm sure she could never have imagined it. Oh, praise God. And at one of um, our other missionaries mentioned uh, the story of someone he knew, a pastor who'd gone into sheltered accommodation and had taken it upon himself to, to start up a Bible study mm -hmm. within. So, so again, recognizing personally, I have a ministry in this new place that God has put me. And why not use this as an opportunity to share the gospel? Let's move to thinking then, how can we as individuals be encouraging, Gareth, younger people to be sharing their faith even more? Yeah, I think probably lots of different ways. Um, firstly, I think as family, I think it's important that we uh, model uh, mission mm. and sharing Jesus. So I know in my household, we, we normally run the table together. And we've been actually reaching out to uh, an elderly couple in our street. So we've been helping them. And unfortunately, or sadly, one of them passed away. Uh, the gentleman passed away last in the last few weeks. Um, so in, in a sense, we've been more supportive of the lady. But our times to share with them. And when we come back, uh, we tell the kids where we're going. We talk about the conversations we've had. And we pray for them. Um, and I think in that sense, the kids get a sense of, yeah, we, we need to be salt and light in our community. Um, so modeling is really important, I think. Yeah. And I think within the church setting, um, I think we need to be encouraging our children, young people that actually, sometimes we have this sense, we, you know, we've got to teach them, teach them, they're not ready, they're not ready. But actually, I think what we see in the Bible with Jesus, mission and discipleship were intertwined. Yeah. Um, so he taught them a bit and then they did did stuff, they shared. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the 72 earlier on. So I think we need to be encouraging our young people to activate their faith. And certainly when I, was, uh, when I was a young person many years ago now, um, really mission was at the heart of my discipleship. Um, I was sort of encouraged to share my faith. I was afraid at times, uh, um, I got saved as a teenager. All my peers at that time weren't Christians. Um, they thought it was a bit unusual that I was a Christian, but actually, given time, they began to see, yeah, I changed. I was a different person. And actually, what I was saying was beginning to make sense. So they began coming along to some of the things we were doing, the youth events we were doing, yeah. and beginning seeing that actually there were more young people and other young people who believed the same as I did. And that was uh, tremendously exciting. So I think, yeah, Family is where it starts, yeah. uh, but I think as church as well as as youth groups and children's groups, we can really encourage young people 
to take those little steps to share faith to be salt of salt and light in their schools in their colleges in their communities we've engaged uh, and talked with a young man called caleb who is really into football he's a christian and he's he's actually quite keen to share his faith but he he told us look i i play football and i train five days a week to play football but nobody is training me to share my faith hmm. uh, and that is, that's really challenging a 15 year old boy wants to share his faith but saying i'm not being trained so i think it's a block and it's a challenge to us, I think, as church to say, well, how do we engage our 15-year-olds? How do we help them, empower them to share their faith with their peers? Mm. I love what you're saying there about activating people's faith. I think what you're saying is this is a discipleship tool. I'm grateful for my church leaders and youth leaders who took a chance on me. I don't think not the complete package now and i certainly wasn't then yeah uh, i was a rough disciple in many ways i had a lot to learn but i think i was a give, given a chance to lead in some circumstances to speak out to engage yeah in mission and i was i was taken aside if if i was doing things wrong and i think that was really good for me and i think i wonder actually quite a lot if i hadn't been given those opportunities if i'd if i would have remained in church i don't think i was the sort of person who could just sit in a pew so i think there are a lot of young people who have it's, it's sort of this dichotomy of like, i turn up to church on sunday yeah and then i just live my own life yeah exactly uh, as we know you know christianity is seven days a week 24 hours a day mm. and actually engaging a young person saying giving them a challenge to go out and do something and, it, and use their faith, activate their faith, yeah. is a very positive thing, I think, in terms of their growth and development. Yeah, thank you. And do you think, so, so we're, we're encouraging them to go out and activate their faith. Are there ways that even within the congregation that faith can be activated? Yeah, I, I think so. I think it, it in a sense, it, it's sort of um, giving them those leadership responsibilities within a church context, and I think it's risky. Yeah, and I think it's an element of risk, and yeah. I think some churches, and you know, I've, I've I engage with a lot of different churches, and what what you see sometimes is the the church leadership just gets older and older, and they mm. take they become less risk they they become risk averse, so taking a chance on a young person engaging with the worship team, yeah, taking a risk on a young person engaging with the welcome team, mm. um, they think well. It'll be easier to get somebody else who we, who we know will be fine. Uh, I think we have to develop young people. It's really important. Mm. Um, be, isn't it great when a young person engages with the uh, children's ministry? That's what we've seen in some of the uh, uh, things we've been doing with churches. And you can actively see their, their faith growing as they're doing it. You can see they're alive. They're really enjoying it. And I, that buzz will continue. And because of that, they'll get more into the word, more into prayer, um, and engage their faith a lot more. So, yeah, there are ways. We, we, we just, I think, as church, sometimes need to take a few more risks mm. with young people and walk with them. I know one thing I'm sort of convicted by a little bit is uh, the way in which it can be hard for young people in our church to welcome in non-Christian kids who, who come in. And um, in one sense, they don't have to leave... The, the building even to model in the way that they're speaking to people they don't know very well 
um, something of the love of Christ. But that can be, we need to encourage them in that. And I'm just convicted that we could do more to encourage them in that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. It, it's a big thing for our team. So when we work alongside churches, sometimes you say, well, how do you, how do you reach out to those non-church young people or children in your area? And the church, sometimes the church is flat out anyway. You know, yeah. the volunteers they have all work. It's quite hard to find extra time. Um, so one of the big things they can do is is take what they're already doing and make it more welcoming and more applicable for non-church young people. Yeah. Um, and there are materials that we use that will help them do that. But yes, I think a big part of that is working with the children and young people who are in the church um, to be welcoming to outsiders. Thank you, Gareth. Well, we're going to shift tack slightly and begin to think about how we can encourage and support uh, those who are older among us in ministry. And to start us off, we're going to hear the story of Evelyn, who is 100 years old and has been ministering faithfully for many years. Let's cross over to her story now. My grandfather was a missionary right in London, in Fulham, where I was born. He loved preaching the gospel in Trafalgar Square and Piccadilly Circus. And he um, was still preaching when the Lord took him home when I was very a few months old. Obviously, my faith has held me through many changes, ups and downs and sadnesses and loss and a lot of perplexing things when you really do need that rock underneath your feet. It's a wonderful thing to know the Lord and I'm finding now in these later years how wonderfully he cares for the smallest thing. You know, I think all can I bother him to pray about this tiny thing that I've mislaid, you know? But he's interested in things that affect us. And he often answers at the last minute. <laughs> but how he does it is always wonderful and always the best. For my 21st birthday, I invited George Andrews, the General Secretary of the London City Mission, to be the preacher, and he kindly came. I knew he preached, preached the gospel clearly, and the Holy Spirit worked and this girl was saved. She'd always been a real hard one to get to, and yet it was her that Lord saved. <laughs> the next afternoon, I was put with her to plant raw beans and um, she told me she'd had a difficult childhood and her parents, I don't know what happened, but I think it was an aunt and uncle brought her up and they were very angry when they knew she'd become a Christian and they said to turn her out of home. So we hired a van and she came and lived with us for a while till a family at the church took them, took her on as their daughter because their boy had been called up. 
That was lovely. We've got the only hope in the world, haven't we, the Lord Jesus? There's no other message that can change people's lives. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And if we don't speak it out, they, they won't know. I do think it behoves us to ask the Lord to make us more alert when the opportunities come. There's no other message that can change people's lives. For the older people that couldn't get out to prayer meetings, and we prayed at home at seven to quarter past, and I'd send them a, you know, some subjects for prayer on a card every three months. But so many have gone home, they really have. We've got a hope that is steadfast and certain. <laughs>
um, sharing the good news of Jesus with people. And I think we just need to have that that same, um, well, the urgency of the gospel, yeah. if you like, that Jesus needs to be made known across all the generations. Yes. We don't know how long we will have with some of our older people. Mm. Then re The reality is we don't know how long we'll have with some of our younger people. Absolutely. They may not hang around church very long. Yeah. So, you know, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. We need to be sharing the good news of Jesus. And Gareth's younger people can be sharing the good news and our older people need to be doing it too. It's Amen. an all hands on deck situation. No age group should be left out of this important work. Oh, praise God. Absolutely. And Evelyn, that video talked about how she'd set up a, an after 80s group mm. for um, those who couldn't get to a prayer meeting but could pray uh, from home. So just thinking about that, how can churches be creative about um, engaging with older people in their churches? We should be reminded that God's call is not revocable. Um, we are called by God to join in with his mission to make disciples for the whole yeah. of our lives. Yeah. Now that might change. You might not any longer at 90 be the evangelist that stands on the at the front or leads the, the youth camp or whatever. Yeah. Um, it may change in, and look quite different. You may be that person praying from home, being part of that boiler room of prayer that underpins the work of the church and the work of the community. But everybody can make an impact at any age and at any stage of our lives. I recently heard a story of an overseas worker who came to work as a carer in a predominantly Christian care home. And he didn't know Jesus when he first arrived. And as part of his work there for this care home, he mm. was getting to know other Christians and he was getting to see how it is that they were approaching the end of their lives. And in many cases, mm. how they were approaching death. And this incredible attitude which they were showing him about the, those very last days of their lives was such a witness to him that he gave his life to Jesus. Praise God. And so it's just <laughs> such a good picture. You know, we think we need to be all that um, and youthful and vigorous to share the good news of Jesus. But actually, I'm imagining that some of these people who witnessed to this person didn't speak, didn't get out of bed, didn't get dressed and yet the glory of Jesus shone from them in a way that he could not deny. Oh, praise God. And so f finding ways just to encourage people that they have a part to play, that they are valuable, yeah. praise God. Mm. Um, I, I remember hearing a story recently of uh, a, a man who was involved in a youth group and he couldn't do some of the physical, practical things that others mm. were doing in the youth group, but he could sit by the door and welcome parents mm. as they both dropped off kids and uh, picked them up at the end of the youth group and still had a role to play in the midst of that particular ministry activity. And it's be different, won't it, in different contexts? Absolutely. Church is like a massive family yeah. where there is a role for everybody mm. and the roles change over the years, but it doesn't take away the purpose yeah. and the impact that we can have for Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Um, we want to think, how can we how can we be encouraging um, our older people to to step into that role that they have? Are there particular steps that we can take? 
to do that. One of the things you talked about earlier, Gareth, was was risk taking. Mm. And uh, I think the church can be quite risk averse with young people, but also with older people, because you're never quite sure what you're going to get um, if you encourage <laughs> a, a younger person or an older person, say, to the front of church to share a testimony or something. Yeah. But it's so worth the risk because younger people and older people have so much to contribute. They've got some brilliant stories to share. And we want to hear the stories, don't we? We want to be encouraged by them. And so I would say, first of all, older people need to be encouraged to be taking part in the whole life of the church. Uh -huh. All hands are needed on deck um, for us to reach everybody with the good news of Jesus. So you may think you've reached a certain age and you don't have that much to offer anymore. But actually, the person who's a similar age to you in your neighborhood or that newcomer in church who doesn't yet know Jesus, and you can understand them. So there's a real value in peer-to-peer -peer evangelism. And we see that all the time. We see in churches, older people running older people's ministries because they are actually the best fit for that job. Praise God, praise God. Um, and prayer, I guess, is gonna be important in all of this, both the church praying for the potential for young, uh, for young or older people to be involved in ministry, but also for them to be to know the power of prayer as well in in ministering to others. So let's just lean in a little bit more to care homes. I heard from someone else, one of my colleagues here at London City Mission, about a time when um, some people in their church were in sheltered accommodation, and in order to support them in their evangelism, they they go along. This was a younger couple with younger children. It grew, morphed into doing services at Christmas, Easter, a few times during the year, which became a wonderful model of sort of intergenerational activity in ministry as people, you know, literally toddlers sort of running around um, were able to worship together, minister together, share Christ together within the context of this sheltered uh, accommodation. And my understanding is that um, there are... Um, incentives and encouragements for um, those who run care homes to make sure that there is spiritual care integrated into what they're doing. Yes, so uh, we know from our Church Champions Network that there are a number of churches who have teams that go into their local care homes. They mm. partner with their local care homes, if you like, and um, these, these teams, they go in and they mm. provide a service. Maybe at Christmas it would be a carol service. At other times it would be um, just a Sunday service, but sometimes in the middle of the week. Mm. And they give this spiritual nourishment to the Christians who are living in the care homes. But it's also an opportunity for others who are coming into the lounge to hear what's going on and mm. who enjoy singing the hymns, for example, yeah. um, to come and hear more about Jesus and how he can make a difference in their lives. So there's great opportunities for churches and groups of Christians to go into care homes. There's also individual chaplaincy. People are going in and doing visits to individuals. You'd be surprised how many older people in care homes are never visited by a family member. So to have somebody come regularly, mm. to build a relationship, to get to know them, is, is just a wonderful thing for people to be able to do. And the church is well placed because we know how to do this. Yeah. Uh, we are equipped, you know, we're safeguarding approved and, and all the rest of it. Yeah. So there's a real opportunity for the church and for Christians to be involved with care homes. And as you say, sheltered housing, we've heard some lovely stories of the coffee mornings in sheltered housing, suddenly through the impact of one or two Christians 
Christians living there suddenly sort of morphing into something different where perhaps there's a coffee morning with a prayer at the end or there's a coffee morning with a short Bible slot or a coffee morning with a hymn. And so these things can grow and it gives older people an opportunity, A, to minister, as you say, but also for those who don't yet know Jesus to come to know Jesus. And Gareth, you were talking a little bit earlier about a church plant that happened in a sh- in sheltered accommodation. I, I think um, I was probably in my twenties, and we uh, I was part of a church, and we we planted a church in an area of East London. Um, we met in a community centre for a while. We started services on a Sunday, and it was very local. We did a lot of outreach in the area, and uh, two of the two of the congregation that we'd connected with were in a sheltered accommodation. Yeah. And uh, after about a year meeting in the community centre, we needed to move out. We needed to find a place. And they said, well, why not come to our place? We've got a community spot in our sheltered accommodation. So we met there. Um, (laughs) So it was incredible. So it was a mix of of young people and uh, older people, these particularly these two ladies, uh, Lily and Martha, amazing ladies, East End ladies. But yes, what happened then is people began to drift in to see yeah. what was going on. Um, and actually it was great. Um, it was just, yeah, bringing some life, some energy, and just all those rich conversations that you can get when you sort of dig beneath the surface, I think of, you know, it can be just an, an older person sitting in a chair, but actually once you get to know their life story, mm. incredible. So yeah, we, we had a great time there. Yeah, thank you, thank you. And we've been thinking about Evelyn going back to her and uh, the wisdom that she could bring. Um, I know my, my own father-in-law. Um, he set up a WhatsApp. He's he's got nineteen grandchildren, and so he set up a, a WhatsApp with all the, the the older sort of grandchildren, where he he does a Bible. He shares from his Bible reading every day, and so no, they're not all Christians, but they're all willing to be on this WhatsApp group. And he's sort of using opportunities that God's giving him to actually minister across the generations to his own grandchildren, which is just beautiful. Um, what what do you think can hold people back? What are the things that can hold people back from taking the next step about sharing their faith if they're young or if they're old? Let's start, start with you, Gareth. Yeah, I, th- I think with, with young people, um, peer pressure is, is a massive thing. Mm. Uh, so I think sometimes we need to encourage our young people to overcome that negative peer pressure that can't be there. Don't be different. Don't stand out. Mm. Um, to actually create some positive peer pressure within our church youth groups and say, yeah, let, let's try and live out our Christian life in our school context or our college context. So I think it's, yeah, fear, peer pressure, fear of standing Ooh. out. Um, I know some of my kids are in schools where they're in RE classes and most of the kids in the class are Muslim. Yeah. And they're sort of scared to say they, they believe something different to everybody else. Yeah. Um, so I think I really have to encourage them. No, it's okay. You can be different. You can speak out. You can say what you believe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, fear and peer pressure can be massive things. Thank you. And uh, Alex, what, what would you say thinking about yes. the elder among us? So one of the things that can hold older people back from sharing their faith is this belief that a younger person would be better placed to do it. And we don't believe that. We, we believe that God calls us at every age of our lives to share the good news. And um, one of the examples that I have of somebody feeling that a younger person would be a better fit for something 
is when I handed over the seniors ministry at the church I was at to an 83 year old person. I knew she was the right person for the job. She was well experienced, wise and full of the Holy Spirit. She held back from saying yes and accepting that role for a little while actually because she felt that a younger person should do it because they would be able to um, deal with the tech and uh, create the images that she would need to promote the events that she'd be running. And um, But thankfully she did actually say yes and it was my absolute delight to sit with her and show her how to use Canva to design all her own promotional materials <laughs> and uh, she's been doing a great job. She's 85 and she's still going strong, leading a wonderful seniors ministry. We found that after the pandemic, some of the younger people had, who had been supporting like the sound and the visuals um, disappeared because they went back to work. Yeah. And so we just put a call out. Would anybody like to learn something new? And so in the end, we had two ladies in their 70s learn how to run the digital tech desk uh, for sound. <laughs> and we had an older man come and learn how to do the visuals. So I think sometimes older people can think that a younger person should do it. Well, we say it's never too late to learn something new. And if God calls you, you are the right person. Oh, praise mm. God. So whether it's Canva learning how to do a kind of uh, a poster on using this yeah. electronic software tool, uh, whether it's a sound desk, you're never too, never too old. Absolutely not. But I also think that um, there can be some misconceptions yeah. about who should be sharing the gospel. I think traditionally the church has perhaps put people in sort of boxes, if you like, of, mm. well, you're an evangelist and and you're good at catering or, you know, whatever. Mm. And yet we are all called to join in with God's mission to make disciples. Amen. And so, yes, I think sometimes that segregation of roles has been unhelpful. Yeah, thank people. you. So in what you said, there are so many examples to celebrate of where actually the gospel is going out yes. from older people and younger people. Yeah. And we need to maybe be sharing those stories. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, I'm not saying at all that if you are the welcomer on the door or making the coffee, that that's, those aren't places to share the gospel. They absolutely yeah. are. Yeah. But sometimes people don't embrace the, that opportunity in the way that they might because they think it's somebody else's job. Yeah, thank you. And how do we then, Gareth, overcome that that sense of fear, that sense that I'm not the, you know, I, I'm, in, I'm in a school and I'm in a classroom and I'm the only person. How on earth can I say anything? Um, how do we help young people to just overcome that sense of fear? We, we talked earlier about, I think, activating faith. So I, I think when we gather young people together or whether we're around the, when, when we're around the, dining table talking I think it's a it's a matter of as well as talking listening yeah uh, but actually giving I think small steps are massive okay yeah. so you you tell somebody you know you, you've got to share the gospel you know with your with your peers they, they may think oh I can't, I can't do that that's massive right it's 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 sort of unobtainable I can't do that yeah but actually if you say to a young person can you identify someone in your school or college who's a bit of an outsider people don't connect with how about this week going out and having a conversation with them go away and try and do that and share a bit of love with them yeah and then when you meet the next week how did it go 
<laughs> and they'll be a mixed bag, okay? So that's the listening bit. So, you know, we're talking about Jesus having meals with people, having conversations with people. Some of those people were outcasts, right? Yeah. People didn't want to mix with them. And so when you get back together, suddenly and people say, yeah, it was great. I sat with this person. They were really appreciative of me spending time with them. Uh, another young person may say, well, I tried, but they said, go away. <laughs> okay, it's a mixed bag, yeah. I know, but... Actually, I think in that it's it's incremental. So you, you, the next week you can set another challenge and say, well, this week why not tell somebody you're a Christian? See see what happens, okay? And you share the stories, you pray together, you build in that way. So I think small steps is the way I think to overcome fear, because um, fear is a bit of a it's a bit of a cloud, and it's not real. It's it's sort of false, but you feel it, but it's not really there. So I think walking forward slowly, step by step with others yeah can make a huge difference thank you well i think you've taken us quite uh, nicely onto uh, what is the one next step that we want to suggest for our listeners it might be connected to what you've said but uh, I'll, I'll start with alex first what would be the what would be the the one next step that you want to suggest for older people specifically and then for the wider church in engaging with older people, what is the one next step that they could take? I would encourage an older person who hasn't shared the good news of Jesus ever or recently with, with another person to really dig deep in prayer and ask God to show them an opportunity to do exactly that. And when that opportunity comes, they should go for it and see what God might do in that situation. In terms of what the church can do, I think there, there's a big piece of work to be done there, actually. Um, the, the church, I think, I don't think I can boil it down to one, sorry. That's all right. <laughs> but I think that the church really, we, we need to, as a church, we need to embrace a, a theology of aging. And we need to recognize that people have a value and a purpose at every age and stage of life. And when it comes to older people, we need to show that mm. by investing in older people's ministry in the way that we invest in younger people's ministry. Uh, that's with cash. That's with time. That's with the way that we celebrate mm. um, the generations in the life of the church. And I think we really need to help older people to have a say. We need to hear them. We need to bring them on the leadership teams. They have some brilliant stuff to share and experience and wisdom about helping their community come to know Jesus. And if you haven't got an older person on your leadership team, then you're missing out on all of that insights. And I suppose I'd boil it down to this, this theology of aging. Thank you, thank you. And, and then over to you, Gareth. We're thinking about one next step for a younger person specifically, and then for the church wanting to engage with younger people? I think for, for young people, I always used to say this to younger people, and, and I know if, if there's any young people listening that, um, I've heard it said, oh, Christian, it's boring. So I, I think if you think your faith is boring, um, then I would say dig into the gospels. Mm. Um, I always looked at Jesus when I, I became a Christian as a teenager, and when I saw the life of Jesus, it just blew me away. I, totally, and it still does. Uh, the way he was with people, how he acted, how he dealt with people, what he said, um, and actually calls us to be a part of that, which, I, again, I'm blown away by. So young people, if you're out there, activate your faith. 
Um, take what you see in the Gospels and try and live it out in practice uh, and do it with other people. That was a key for me as well. I had people around me and we did it together. Yeah. We made loads of mistakes, uh, but actually it was exciting. Sometimes, you know, we, we, we were a bit crazy, but actually sharing faith, um, sharing the love of Jesus with people is incredibly exciting. You know what? There's a load of people out there, whether young or old, uh, who need to hear the gospel. And actually God has already prepared and how do you know unless you tell them? How do you know? And I think for churches, I think the key is take some risks. Take some risks with young people. Don't see them as just, well, they're the young people, the children in the church. They are part of the church. They are part of God's mission now. Hmm. So actually, how can you engage them in God's mission? How can, how can you engage them with church now? Take some risks. That would be my uh, advice. Thank you. Well, um, we've reached the end. There are so many more things that we could say, I, I think, but um, I hope we've whetted the appetite of those listening, whether young or old, uh, whether anywhere in between, to take next steps in engaging the whole of uh, the church in uh, reaching the whole of the nation. So uh, I wonder if, Alex, would you pray for us as we finish? Love to, thank you. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have loved us from the foundations of the earth. And Lord, as you saw us through our conception, uh, grow in the womb, grow into children and young people, into our busy lives and into our later lives, Lord, we thank you that you love us throughout all of that and that your purpose for us never diminishes. So we pray, Lord, that you would help us to have courage to go and share your good news with people of all ages, Lord, so that you would be glorified and they would be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We'd really like to get your feedback. We want to make these podcasts as useful as they can be for all who are listening and watching. We'd love your suggestions for what should be in the next uh, series. Please do share your feedback in a survey. You'll find the link to that survey in the description of this podcast, or you can head over to lcm.org.uk forward slash podcast to find it there. Well, as ever, thank you. If you'd like to explore the Faith in Later Life website, then please do go there. It's faithinlaterlife.org and you'll find out more information. And there's an opportunity to appoint a church champion or, or do speak to LCM if you'd like to chat further about being engaged in ministry with seniors. For youth and schools, again, contact us if you'd like to hear more, lcm.org.uk forward slash your church. And as I said at the beginning, this is the last of our current series of Everyday Evangelism. We'd encourage you to check out the other episodes if you haven't had a chance to do so. That's at lcm.org.uk forward slash podcast. Also, please do subscribe on your podcast provider and YouTube uh, to be notified when series two is released later this year. Whether you are watching or listening, it's been great to journey with you look forward to joining you next time thank you so much for joining us we pray that you've been inspired to take your next step in building connections and sharing jesus with those around you especially people on the margins of society if you've enjoyed what you've heard why not subscribe 
and recommend this podcast to a friend. Visit our Everyday Evangelism Urban Mission Resource Hub at lcm.org.uk forward slash resources to find all the latest episodes, as well as a range of helpful tools to help you confidently share Jesus and connect with people on the margins of society. Follow London City Mission on social media to stay up with all the latest content. Thank you.